Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today we have a ministry update, a brand new resource to announce, and part two of our ongoing teaching series, Jewish Roots of Christianity. Here's author and teacher Larry Stamm with today's lesson on the Jewish Roots of Christianity. Shalom, friends. Larry Stam here. So glad you are joining us as we continue our study on the Jewish roots of Christianity. In this study, we are going to begin unpacking the gospel message itself, the most important thing. And as we make connections between the Old Testament and New Testament, I want to remind us that we started with a pithy catchphrase that I want us to repeat as we begin our time unpacking the gospel message, and it's this. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. As we do this biblical survey of redemptive history from Genesis to Revelation, we are connecting the dots between the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, and the Brit Chadashah, the New Covenant Scriptures, otherwise known to us as Christians, as the New Testament. Today, We're going to unpack the gospel message specifically, and we begin with the end in mind. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul wrote these words which provide us the foundation of the gospel message. He wrote, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. By the way, if you have a Bible handy, please get it. We are going to open up the Word of God, and the first place you can turn is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. But as we unpack these two verses from 1 Corinthians 15, I'll repeat them, and then I want to ask a question. This is the foundation of the gospel message. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. The question is this. Of what Scriptures was the Apostle Paul referring? If you said the Old Testament, you are correct. In the first century, when Paul was penning these words to the church in Corinth, the only Bible they had was the Jewish scriptures, otherwise known to us as the Old Testament. The three main components of the gospel message I want us to unpack in this teaching are these. Substitutionary atonement, he died for our sins. Resurrection, he rose again the third day. And then, according to the scriptures, those are the three main components of the gospel found in this passage. Substitutionary atonement, resurrection, and the scriptures. So we should be able to find, therefore, this concept of substitutionary atonement and resurrection in the Old Testament, and that's exactly what we're going to do in just a moment. But first, I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you have one, to Luke chapter 24. And I want to read several verses from Luke 24, beginning in verse 21 to verse 27. And I want you to see here the glorified Jesus. This is post-resurrection, and he's making an appearance to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, Cleopas and the other disciple. And if you remember the story as we set it up, they're on the road. Jesus shows up and joins them. His identity is veiled in some way, shape, or form. They don't know who he is. 
and they strike up a conversation. And Jesus says to them in verse 17 of Luke 24, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And I'm reading now in Luke 24, verse 18. I want to provide some context for this teaching point. Luke 24, 18. And the one of them whose name was Cleopas answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and has not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And Jesus says unto them, What things? Ironically, Jesus is the only one in Jerusalem who knows what is actually going on. Verse 19, he says to them, What things are you speaking about? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, Today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. In verse 23, we continue in Luke 24. And when they had found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found that even so, as the women had said, but him they saw not. Now Jesus will rebuke them. And he says in verse 25 of Luke chapter 24, Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ or Messiah to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Verse 27 is the key verse in this entire passage as we begin unpacking the gospel in the Old Testament. In verse 27 of Luke 24, Jesus says to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus these words, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Did you get that? Luke 24, verse 27, Jesus says to them in witnessing to them, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Again, we have to ask the question of what scriptures is Jesus referring? The Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. So there's a background. We see Jesus witnessing from the Hebrew scriptures themselves. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn with me now to Genesis chapter 3. The Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve have fallen They have rebelled against God. They have partaken of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they attempt to cover their sin and their shame in one way. That way is not acceptable to God. And then we find later in Genesis chapter 3, the Lord himself providing them an acceptable covering for sin. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, after they had eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, The word of God says in Genesis 3, 7, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, or girding coverings. So here we see Adam and Eve's attempt to cover their sin and shame. Was it an acceptable covering for their sin? It actually happened literally as the scripture states, but there's also a powerful symbol found here. Their attempt to cover their sin and shame was unacceptable in God's eyes. 
And notice what the Lord does for them later in Genesis chapter 3. We're reading now in verse 21 of Genesis 3. The word of God says, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So God makes tunics of skins and clothe them. And we have to ask of the text of where did the skins come from? Friends, these are the skins of animals, innocent animals whose blood was shed. So Adam and Eve's attempt to cover their sin and shame, not acceptable in God's eyes. God had to provide Jehovah Jireh. Sometimes we sing that song around the campfire, Jehovah Jireh, my God shall provide all my needs. And we see a powerful difference between the attempt of man to deal with his sin versus the provision of God in appropriately dealing with that sin. For us as witnesses of Jesus, there's a powerful lesson for us as we think about evangelism and the gospel message itself. In Genesis 3-7, we find them covering their sin and shame with aprons or fig leaves. It was not acceptable to God. In fact, there are only two kinds of religion in the world today. There is the religion of man and there is the religion of God. There is the religion of man that is based upon human accomplishment, achievement, and there is the religion of the Bible that teaches that he did it all on the cross, that the blood of Christ not only covers our sin, but cleanses us from all sin. All world religions teach that we get to heaven, paradise, nirvana based upon this do, whereas biblical faith is predicated solely upon this reality, this happened. Jesus paid our sin debt in full at the cross. That's why he said while hanging on a Roman cross, it is finished. And so we see here at the beginning of the Bible itself in Genesis chapter 3, man's attempts to deal with his sin and shame not acceptable to God. The Lord must provide, and he did provide a covering for Adam and Eve. In fact, Old Testament covering for sin was temporary. And we find in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, these words, and the power of the blood and the altar of sacrifice that was the means of atoning for sin in the Hebrew scriptures. Leviticus 17, verse 11 says, I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. So the life is in the blood, and it's through the shedding of blood and the faith in God's provision that was the means of forgiveness found in the Hebrew Scriptures. We also connect the dots with the New Testament book of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 where the word of God says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sin. Now I want us to understand that there are three things that were accomplished in the Old Testament ritual sacrifice that I want you to understand. Number one, we see identification. Number two, we see substitution. Um, Number three, we see the exchange of life. Three things accomplished in the Old Testament ritual sacrifice. Number one, identification. The offer and the offering are identified as one. That's why the priest would take the animal to be sacrificed and literally place his hand on the animal. Then we have substitution. The offering is on behalf of the offerer. So we see the offering is on behalf of the offerer. 
So the one offering the sacrifice, the one who is guilty, is not actually the one who experiences that death, that shedding of blood. And that points to the third thing accomplished in the Old Testament ritual sacrifice was the exchange of life in that the offering dies, the offerer lives. It's a powerful picture of what we would find ultimately in Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, our great high priest. So those three things accomplished in the Old Testament ritual sacrifice, identification, substitution, and the exchange of life, all are types or foreshadowings of the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ on behalf of mankind for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of abundant and eternal life. Now, the Old Testament sacrifices compared to Messiah's sacrifice, you can do a reading and a study of the book of Exodus, but I'll just lay down some basic principles for the relationship between Old Testament sacrifices compared to the sacrifice of Jesus, our Messiah and Lord. Old Testament sacrifices were temporary. They were coverings for sin. That's why the Israelites had to shed blood all the time. Millions and millions of gallons of blood of the bulls, lambs, and goats were sacrificed because, again, those sacrifices covered for sin. The sacrifice of Christ cleanses us from all sin, and his one-time atoning sacrifice cleanses us from all sin, past, present, and future, for those who put our trust in him. And we also find Old Testament promises regarding sacrifice were obsolete. We find in the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews talks about better sacrifices and a better covenant, the new covenant, which we're going to talk about as well. Old Testament sacrifices were simply a shadow of the reality of the substance who is Christ himself in the new covenant scriptures. And then we find that the Old Testament priesthood was sinful. Human beings who had to be cleansed and be forgiven of their own sins. So the priesthood, though they were appointed by God for this special service, they still were simply human beings. We, in the new covenant, with Jesus being our great high priest, his priesthood is perfect because our great high priest, Jesus, is perfect. He is sinless. And we can talk about the fact of daily sacrifices which were offered in the Old Testament. And we said that Jesus' sacrifice was a one-time-for-all atoning sacrifice. The Old Testament sacrificial system was based upon animal sacrifices. We see in the New Covenant Scriptures simply the sacrifice of God's Son was sufficient. In other words, it was the propitiation for our sin. It satisfied God's demand, judgment, and wrath upon sin that all of us deserve But those of us who know Christ and who have put our trust in Christ don't experience because of the grace and mercy of our living God. And then Old Testament sacrifices, as I mentioned, were ongoing. The sacrifice of Christ is a one-time-for-all atoning sacrifice. Therefore, sacrifices in the new covenant economy, which we as the church of God are living in, are no longer needed. So I commend you to a further study of the book of Leviticus and the book of Hebrews that will compare and contrast Old Testament sacrifices compared to the sacrifice of Messiah. Now we talked about the sacrificial system. We talk about substitutionary atonement. Now I want to talk about resurrection. And 
Resurrection is found in many places in the Hebrew Scriptures. In Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the Word of God says, At that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time, and at that time your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. David wrote in Psalm 16:10, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. And finally, in our time today, we find Job in verses 25 and 26 of chapter 19. Job wrote these words, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh... I shall see God. So here are just a few scriptures of resurrection in the Old Testament. I would commend you if you have a pencil or paper, you want to write down several others. You could write down Hosea 6.2, Isaiah 26.19, Ezekiel 37.14, Psalm 49 verse 15, and Hosea chapter 13, verse 14. In our next program, we are going to continue to unpack both these concepts of substitutionary atonement and resurrection according to the scriptures as we continue to study the gospel in the Old Testament. So until next time, friends, the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Shalom. We are excited to announce the debut of a brand new television series based on Larry Stamm's new book, Jewish Roots of Christianity, 16 episodes on four DVDs. Order the complete series today. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Here's Ministry President Dr. Kenneth Hill with an update on some exciting things happening right here at Southwest Radio Ministries. It's good to be with you today for an update of the ministry here at the Watchman on the Wall and at SWRC.com. God is so good. I trust that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We did. I hope you got to be with some family and friends, and I hope that you spent time thanking God for his many blessings that he has given you. And of course, the greatest blessing that we all enjoy is having placed our trust in Jesus Christ and having our sins forgiven. Jesus Christ is our blessing above all blessings. We also had a wonderful time in Henderson, Nevada, Billy Crone's church. There was great attendance for the Is It Too Late conference. We had wonderful speakers, and we had a debut of some brand new resources as well. The conference was blessed of God. The Holy Spirit of God was at work in the conference. We heard of at least one salvation, and we know that there were many that were renewed and rejoicing and blessed by the conference. It was great. 
Now, some of those new resources include the 16-episode Jewish Roots of Christianity by Brother Larry Stamm. That's a DVD set of 16 episodes, and the cost is only $50. Another resource that was debuted there at the conference is a brand new book by Brother Greg Patton. Dr. Patton's book is called Living in Today's World. It contains more than 20 stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope that Brother Greg has written and given us to enjoy. And I would encourage you to get those resources and enjoy them. Get them for somebody at the Christmas season. If you give gifts, why don't you share with such a gift? That would be great. Christmas is just around the corner, and I want us to take a look in Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she, that is Mary, should be delivered. That means the baby is going to be born. Verse 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Jesus Christ was born in a stable and was put into a manger as his first bed. And in this time of rejoicing and thanksgiving and Christmas season, the first Advent time, I think it's important for us to remember that Jesus Christ is here among us and with us he left his comforter with us until he comes back personally. If you remember, he was not always a child, but he grew up and he gave himself on the cross at Calvary for us that we might have freedom from our sin and forgiveness, that we might have sonship, that we might be part of God's family. And so while we enjoy Christmas, let's remember that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that he was not just here as a child only, but he was here as our Savior. If you have any questions about the resources that we have at SWRC, go to the website and you will find some excellent resources featured there at swrc.com. There are over 900 books and DVDs from leading authorities on Bible prophecy and Bible teaching. So you may want to give a Christmas gift with eternal impact and eternal emphasis. So go to our website and take a look at those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books and DVDs, swrc.com. And so you can give that Christmas gift and people will be enjoying it 
and they will be blessed by it. A book that we had a part in is called A Classic Christmas, and it's available along with the Nativity Book. The Nativity Book was penned by our staff evangelist, Dr. James Collins. And so A Classic Christmas and the Nativity are featured as the first Advent bundle for only $25. And the Christmas DVD bundle is one that I recommend to you highly. It is Goodwill to Man, Born in a Stable, and The Brothers Christmas. The Brothers Christmas is an absolutely wonderful DVD. Born in a Stable excellent. It is a stage play that you could even put on in your own church or you could show the video. It's great. It puts the truth out where children and adults can understand it. And Goodwill to Men, that's an excellent story as well. So I mentioned those as being part of the Christmas DVD bundle that we have as well. And that's $50 for the three videos. And these videos have won awards around the country at various Christian film festivals. That's pretty neat stuff. It really is. Don't forget our e-newsletter. Got special video messages from our Bible teachers here. Also timely articles, updates, and schedules of programs. All sorts of things in the e-newsletter. We also still have that new listener pack. It's absolutely free. It is a wonderful gift to you. If you're a new listener, all you have to do is go online at swrc.com, register there as a new listener, and we'll send the packet out to you. Or you can call us at 1-800-652-1144. That's 800-652-1144, and you can register as a new listener. Well, the time of the year is closing quickly. We'll go from 2021 to 2022 in no time at all. And that's why we mention the gleanings offering that we have every year at this time. We ask you to give as God would have you to give to help us make it into the new year paying the bills of the old year before we get into the new time. It is something that we ask you to participate in so that you can help us continue to preach the word and let people know that God is on the throne and prayer changes things. There's no question that God is still on the throne, and there's no question that prayer is part of his plan in the changing of lives in this day and time. Well, we know that you are having a good time if you are in Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we ask that you consider your situation of life, and we ask that you consider Jesus Christ as the answer for your living. 
Jewish Roots of Christianity is now a TV program. Get the complete 16-episode series on four DVDs by calling 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, we start to get ready for Christmas by looking at the Nativity. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.